you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The NFL playoffs are here. Watch every game for the postseason. Ooh. It's a little late. Mm. Here we go. <laughs> the NFL playoffs are here. Watch every game of the postseason for free. Three left with a Yahoo Sports app or the official app of the NFL on your phone or tablet. Plus, get all your latest breaking news, highlights, and more. Download the NFL app or the Yahoo Sports app in your app store or at NFL.com slash mobile today. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. The Around the NFL podcast is taking for Tua. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room filled with heroes. Colleen Wolf. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys and girls? Hey, Dan. Men and women. I'm back. You are back. It feels so good. So good to have you here in the Sessler chair. The history is it's very, very rich, rich here. here. It's incredibly rich uh, between Connie and the ATN podcast. And Miami. What? Oh, where is that Miami. even from? Oh, God. Nice pronunciation. <laughs> and sure enough, I don't know if... It's pretty good. I don't know if it's because you're back on the show for the first time in a while after another successful season on NFL Network for Colleen, doing numerous big things. I'm uh, finally doing this thing. But Mark Sessler, not here today, with a mysterious ailment that we'll get into, I'm sure, on Thursday <laughs> when he returns. So the chair is all yours. It's weird. It's coincidental. Perhaps. It is. Mm. All of a sudden, Sessler wakes up with an ailment, and I got a free spot. I like that wolf howl, though. You've been work- workshopping that, like you started the show. <laughs> that's something that's I will thing. later regret, yeah, I'm that's, sure. That's your new thing. <laughs> Mark also not here the, the day after. We got a, several texts about his excitement over Kevin Stefanski uh, physically. So another thing, you read into it if you want. Mm. And we're going to get to that a little later in the show uh, because it all got directed Directly to Stefanski himself, uh, Mark Sessler's thoughts about um, the new Browns head coach's physical looks. You're shaking your head, Wes. It's it's just hard to be Mark Sessler. 
the emotional roller coaster that that, mm. that guy lives with on a daily basis mm. to try to convince himself and the rest of us that he wasn't <laughs> interested in the Browns a few days ago and wanted Josh McDaniels, and then to get a series of texts comparing his new coach to George Clooney <laughs> and how sexy he is. It's just, it's mind-boggling. <laughs> then again, I mean, he could be in a world uh, where his thoughts about the Clooney-Stefanski comparison don't get immediately related oh, yeah. to Stefanski on national television. <laughs> we've it's made a it a long way. I mean, uh, we've come that a long way. That is a way. sign. Yeah, that is a, sign, a of, sign of growth, for sure. <laughs> um, all right, so what do we got coming up today? Connie is with us, and we're going to do uh, a segment where we take out our crystal balls, take out the old CBs, and uh, we're going to look into the offseason ahead for each of the eliminated teams from the playoffs. There, we're up to eight now. And uh, make predictions what people will be talking about, what the teams plan to address to keep from being eliminated next year. So uh, since there's four of us, we each took two. Connie, you know, because she's a pro, you yesterday reached out said, let me pick Going broke, buying hype, but I know what I like. Hey, no, Erica. We got winning type. <laughs> Wins too. Jay just grabbed the credit and swipe. Go ahead, turn up. Change the stereo. Jay Dorsey spinning it. Make oh it. my God, make it end now. Please, God, make it stop. <laughs> you, uh, you picked I'm going to pro- take out Erica in the parking lot. You guys need to find a new producer. <laughs> you, you picked your own two teams, including your favorite Eagles, so I'm looking forward to uh, mm-hmm. your predictions there. Um but before that, we're going to do a little bit of news. Let's get caught up. I got enough on my plate right now to worry about uh, trying to get these Browns back to where we want to be. I'm not going to compare myself to any uh, actors. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't thrilled. <laughs> and we'll get to that at the end That's of news. awesome. But uh, before we do that, let's uh, hit the rest of the news. And we love talking broadcasting and the comings and goings and the our feelings about various people in the booth calling these NFL games. Well, the number one guy in the game right now is Tony Romo. And there's a report out there, and I don't know about the source. I, so I just want to put that out there. Uh, front office sports, uh, Michael McCarthy. And I'm not saying he's not a reputable uh, he's source. Been, uh, not Mike McCarthy? Plugged in on this. He's, this is Mike Cole. Oh. <laughs> he's been in the mix as a media reporter, uh, I believe, for some bigger entities for a long time. Okay, Maybe good. even USA Today back in the day. There you go. Uh, ESPN is preparing an offer for Tony Romo that would make uh, the current CBS uh, color analyst the highest paid sportscaster in TV history. The multi-year deal would pay between 10 and $14 million annually, uh, McCarthy reports. He Romo is a free agent, Connie. He is uh, a phenom. In this industry, let's face it, in terms of guys that landed and made an instant impact and had everyone talking and universal praise, it's Tony Romo, uh, which tells you why a guy that his last deal that he signed with CBS was reportedly three years, four million annually, and he has a chance to almost triple that. Is ESPN making a sound investment if this is indeed what's going on right now? It feels like a desperate move for them, but also one that I like because... Listen, pay Tony Romo. He deserves all the money that he can get right now. The only thing that would make me really sad about this is that we wouldn't get to see Tony Romo in the CBS blazer anymore with the big CBS logo on Mm -hmm. it. 
And also, I'd be really sad that if he wasn't with Jim Nance mm. anymore. I feel like that's part of they make each other better. Best buds. I think the two of them. And I don't know who who ESPN would put with him in the booth. Right. Nance, I would imagine, will be uh, a big reason for Tony Romo to stay if he chooses to. I mean, the the you know just very existence of this report suggests, you know, it's negotiating time. Colleen's a bigwig. She knows how it works. You know, mm-hmm. you get some interest from elsewhere. You got your little sparrows it's dropping. all about that leverage. Yeah, you're dropping little breadcrumbs <laughs> to uh, McCarthy. Talk us through the process, Colleen. Yeah, I mean, McCarthy, uh, you know, they're pressuring CBS to fork over the money. I'm a little ambivalent on this one. I, I feel like ESPN could ruin him. There will be contrived Whoa. to like embrace debate takes in the middle of the broadcast. Mm. It'll be overproduced. We'll have to have hot takes from Romo instead of what he's good at. I, I don't know, but maybe he'll make Monday Night Football watchable again. So that would be good. The right. schedule's not as good. I guess also- I'll believe this one when I see it. You've had some. You had some insider info, Dan. No, it sounds like it's a thing that could happen. Uh, hearing from someone that's a little plugged in on this, that CBS will have the chance to to match it, but this is this could really this is in the air, and I, I'm of two minds on it. Um, for what you just said, Colleen, the games, if he indeed even if he's Monday Night Football, which I assume that's where this would all be heading, but um, the games are not as good as the top Sunday mm-hmm. CBS AFC games typically. But Greg, you made the good point. That you know, I I watch Monday Night Football every week. It's like a standalone game. Whereas if it's Sunday afternoon, there's a billion different games going on. I don't see Romo every week, so selfishly, like that's the game it's I watch with my kids. Stage. I don't mind having also, a little extra Romo. CBS gets three playoff games. ESPN only gets one, and CBS is in the mix for the Super Bowl too. And ESPN yes, is you not. lose him. You lose him for the Super Bowl. He and, was great on the Super Bowl. And I have sympathy for um, Joe Tessitore and Booger, who look like they are in trouble here. Uh, but it is also a reminder to Greg's point of what a big platform and stage it is and people zone in on these primetime games in a way they don't on CBS, which is also part of the reason you might want to be calling these games. Mm. So it is um, well, the ratings a great are, story are, to track. are like way bigger on CBS. Mm-hmm. Also, they took a chance on him and put him as a rookie in the number one chair and took Phil Simms out. How about a little loyalty from Romo? The oh, Sims give me a break. Ma- what do you mean, give me a, give me a break? I they, mean, they take a chance on him. They're a, a capitalist enterprise that's trying to squeeze every employee to make every dollar. <laughs> they hit on it, so he's going to do it could've too. Could have put him in the fourth chair or the eighth chair. They put him in the number one well, chair were, right away. They, they were, were That is prescient, and they should be rewarded for it. Well, they'll, they'll be... Uh, I think if he could break. pick his partner, then follow the money. Mm. Greg likes rap. I feel like... What you just said. What was the comment you made? Capitalist Empire? Enterprise. Enterprise. That's a great album title for your first (laughs) rap album. (laughs) I think you'd do good. Just just for context, John Gruden uh, earned over $6 million a year from ESPN to call him Monday Night Football. In the early 90s, that's like almost 30 years ago now, uh, John Madden made $8 million a year. Dang, that's a lot of guap that for bring, Johnny Madden in the early 90s. That brought up a, a stat I saw that at the time, John Madden made more than every player in the NFL. Wow. Which is amazing to think about. And that's why Tony Romo's worth it, too. I mean, uh, I agree. if Andy Dalton's making 16 or 17, why not give Romo four? Right. I mean, that would be more than he ever made base salary with the Cowboys. Wow. If ESPN believes it has a problem with their Monday Night Telecast, that is the ultimate problem solver. That's like the Broncos signing Peyton Manning in free agency. Problem solved. All right. Let's move on. Coaching moves. A lot of guys moving around. 
uh, teams building up their staffs, making changes. Let's start with the Los Angeles Rams. This one, Greg, a little under the radar here because uh, Wade Phillips, he goes out the door um, after, what was it, three or four seasons, the three seasons with the team, did a really nice job, but they decided to go in a different directions, a di- different direction. And the Rams have uh, named outside linebackers coach Brandon Staley as Phillips' replacement as the defensive coordinator. Uh, he's just 34 years old and kind of an unknown. So Phillips, perhaps the most well-known defensive coordinator in the league, is replaced by one of the least well-known. Right. He was the, the outside linebackers coach under Vic Fangio with the Bears. As recently Fangio. as three years ago, he was an assistant at John Carroll University. So, I mean, this is a meteoric rise. John Carroll University, he was at James Madison. He he was a coordinator at John Carroll. And McVay, I thought it was interesting just bring up that he is taking a big swing here. And some people think sort of like a defensive version of McVay. Everywhere he's gone, everyone's just thought this guy is a future superstar and that he showed up and he impressed McVeigh and the Rams so much in the interview process that they just thought maybe maybe it was their idea all along. They'd heard some good things that we have to hire this guy, even though you know he's only run defenses. Like I said, at John Carroll, James Madison, and now he's had a couple of years as a, a position coach. I I trust John McVeigh's judgment though. Don't sleep on John Carroll University as a coaching <laughs> hotbed. It's yeah, right up there you. with Miami of Ohio as like the cradle of coaches in the NFL. Uh, correction, he's 37, not 34. 34 year old, 34 is the age of the new offensive coordinator of the Rams, Kevin O'Connell, a former Camp Arm quarterback. Uh, he has just one year of coordinating experience, um, and he now takes a role that was not even that didn't exist previously under Sean McVay, offensive coordinator. Seems like he. You wanted to beef up maybe his staff, have another voice. People thought maybe McVay was doing too much. But also, it gives him a chance to hire a guy he coached with in Washington mm-hmm. and is supposed to be a rising star. And, uh, you know, he ended up as a camp arm, but he was the first guy uh, that people got mad at the Patriots for trying to replace Tom Brady with. Not really replace, but they used the third-round pick on Kevin O'Connell back in the day. Hmm. Like, on why, why, why are you wasting? Why are you wasting a pick on Kevin <laughs> O'Connell? We got Brady. Call me. Give him some more weapons. Tommy deserves it. <laughs> this was on Rams fans' radar. Keisha asked me like a month ago, should the Rams have an offensive coordinator? People were asking. People, People had asked asking the question. That. Now it's been answered. Yes, they do. The Bears make a move at OC. And it's a good one. We're happy that he's back. Bill Lazor. Shoot him off. Yes, I'm so excited about this. Oh, man. <laughs> you haven't heard that drop in a while because Billy Lazor is out of the league in 2019 after serving as the Cincinnati coordinator um, in 17 and 18. Uh, and now he's back. He, he's with the Bears. And and perhaps, I don't know, it feels like a tricky job to take on, Wes, because there's so much uncertainty. If they actually do go ahead and give Mitchell Trubisky another try, you're kind of tied to a guy that seems like a bust. But it could go the other direction. Maybe there's another quarterback that materializes and you're the hero that what, saved like them Andy from last Dalton? year. Like a Dalton-type <laughs> figure. This feels like a throwback to a more innocent time on our podcast. Bill Lazor was a major part of our podcast for years. and what I Just remember, because of his last name. What I remember, he started out under Chip <laughs> Kelly in the NFL. And then the first thing I thought of was before Ryan Tannehill landed with the Titans, his best work came under Bill Lazor with him throwing short passes, get the ball out quickly, and maybe that's sort of a solution for Trubisky. Let's 
try to minimize the damage he can do by getting it out of his hands quickly. I kind of like the idea of Andy Dalton going to the Bears, and I'm sure Bears fans do not no, like that right. idea no. at all. But, why not? You know, since he's going to go with Joe Burrow, so hey, why not have a tri- why not make a deal here and relieve like 17 million dollars in salary mm. cap space for the Bengals? Go over to Chicago, and then you put a little heat on Trubisky. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, there's going to be some heat on Trubisky. That's yeah. a hot butt. Can so- I just point out that when Andy Dalton has been surrounded by good talent, and the Bears do have some pretty good talent, he's won. Yeah. Trubisky, and when he was surrounded by Bill Lazor, he won. Trubisky was surrounded by good talent and did not win this year. Mm. And the thing I like about Lazor, not just you know the sound effects. It's really good, though. Mostly. Is according to Google Images, he, he's never been seen without wraparound sunglasses on. So I, I like that. You know, they like, just make sure he's covered. No matter which way I got, well, I got one of those things this year. Oh, like really? one of the things you attach to your sunglasses, then you can just you, you wear it as like a necklace. Are you 67 it's years old? Amazing, and I love it. <laughs> and my final bit of insight and analysis is that, like Wes has said, and it's why he is the prime meridian of NFL quarterbacks, you surround Andy Dalton with better talent. And you know what that right arm turns into? The red rifle? Oh. A laser. <laughs> it's perfect. Moving on. John Filippo's gone in Jacksonville. Go. It's funny how these coordinators go from the hot guy on the market to cold as ice, foreigner style, because DeFilippo is the guy that everybody was into. I think Sessler was way into DeFilippo. Oh, yeah, he did like a long form on him one year. Um, and uh, it was it was presented as a mutual parting of the ways, but it appears that Jacksonville is looking for a fresh start there. Um, Colleen, some people may be a little surprised that, uh, that when Gardner Minshew was on the field. That offense was proficient, but apparently that wasn't enough to save I, Filippo. I feel like in a way, year. somebody had to take the fall for Minshew outperforming Nick Foles after they paid him all that money. And because Filippo was the mm. quarterback's coach with Nick Foles when the Eagles won the Super Bowl in that year, that he looked really good and Carson Wentz was you know, having that MVP-like season before he got hurt, it just didn't translate. So I, I feel like that was he was kind of the fall guy. Another tricky gr- uh, gig there, Greg, because... Doug Marone, speaking of hot seats, I mean, he, he was somehow able to save his job this year, but results equal, no results equal firing next year, and then usually That's the coach true. gets swept out too, but, you know, still a good gig, pays well. Maybe he'll end up profile. in Cleveland. I mean, they've had, what about with Philly? Stefanski? They've had, uh, mm-hmm. I think Marone's had, what, four different, or three different coordinators. They had Greg Olson back in the day, maybe that was under the last coach, but Nathaniel Hackett, DeFilippo. Uh, I, I'm always a little like depressed when I see that it says mutually agreed to part ways. Like it, it makes me sad because they're like trying to do D Filippo a favor. Like they're trying not to hurt his career more than necessary, but it almost like, I don't know. It almost points it out even more. How sad. Like we're, we're trying not to hurt you, buddy. We're all professionals here. These guys are pros. Didn't Um, Doug Peterson fire his offensive coordinator? Yes. Mike Crow. Yeah, Mike yeah, yeah. So there's he's an gone, opening there. What if DeFilippo and Nick Foles end up in Philadelphia? Because <laughs> after yet another Carson Wentz injury, <laughs> oh my gosh. people think they should have a better backup there. <laughs> I don't hate it, and it feels like something that could definitely happen in Philadelphia. Uh, one final bit of news. The Vikings fired defensive coordinator George Edwards. He had been there since 2014. Uh, so they're looking to, for a fresh spark on the defensive side of the ball. Now with Kevin Stefanski, who, yes, we will get to in a moment, uh, taking on the uh, the haunted chair in Cleveland. Uh, Mike Zimmer's got a lot of work to do. He's got to find a new OC and DC. Well, I think they're talking about the next DC is going to be Mike Zimmer's son, who had been the linebacker's coach. Mm. 
And I think Edward's contract was expiring and they just decided they weren't bringing him back. It feels like nepotism. It does feel like that. Because it is. Well, it damn. Is Connie. <laughs> Connie. Speaking, of, well, not nepotism, but your father's on Instagram, which is, this is, what, are, well, what actually, a development. Speaking of nepotism, there has been a lot of talk. You know, it's tough for people to get on NFL Network and, oh, there's Ed Wolf just every other week. I mean, this, guy, this guy's on more than Win- Willie McGinnis on our He's on more than Keith Hansis is on this podcast. His, his username, too, is like Easy E. Easy EDW. <laughs> I mean, this guy and he has no idea who Easy E is. He apparently has no, <laughs> he has no credentials um, talking football. According no, to you, he, he doesn't even follow the sport. He helped me make my pick a couple weeks a ago. Wonderful at the bar, man, though. And he said, "Slam dunk Eagles," which <laughs> is my favorite moment probably ever. Does he? <laughs> That's awesome. Does he? he is so, a great man. Uh, Ed Sessler, not a fan of NWA. Does he dislike? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Ed, Ed Wolf. Sessler, because I'm in the Sessler. Yeah, Ed Wolf. Seat. Does does Ed Wolf dislike Aaron Rodgers as much as Keith Hansis dislikes Ooh, Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. I I don't think that anybody could. Right? It would surprise me if Ed Wolf has a strong opinion on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't think he does. My mom is more of the person that has the hot takes. You guys heard? <laughs> oh yeah. What she thinks of Pete Carroll and oh yeah. Right. So that was a rough playoff game for the Wolf family. <laughs> here was here was some a few texts I got from my dad Sunday night. Rodgers got lucky. Hawks could not stop anyone on third down. And then I replied, he made two huge thro- throws when he needed it. Agreed. I was not rooting for him. <laughs> I wrote, ha ha. And he wrote, I told you that I don't like his face and attitude. He his doesn't face? like his face? <laughs> no way. <laughs> hey, I don't like that guy's face. It's a take. It's a take. Uh, uh, in retirement news. Rivers throwing into the end zone. Touchdown, Antonio Gates. And here come the Chargers onto the field. 112 career touchdown catches. That's the most by an NFL tight end all time. Antonio Gates calls it a career. The eight-time Pro Bowler who last played in 2018 made his retirement official on Tuesday. Uh, the 39-year-old. This one hurts because he. you always track this stuff. Uh, at least I do. Pro athletes born in the same year as you. He's a 1980 baby. When when they start retiring due to old age, and now he's like, you know, he's, he's an the older la- guy. He's basically the last. He's of the them. last of the 1980s. So this one, this one hits me a little bit. Gates is the Chargers' career leader in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdown catches. He finished with 116. Uh, this West, this is a Hall of Famer we're talking about, right? I think he's he's a definite Hall of Famer, and I know this will upset Cowboys fans, but for most of his career was a better receiving tight end than Jason Witten. Maybe not a better all-around tight end, but he was right there with Tony Gonzalez going for the first-team All-Pros early this century, and I think the legacy that I think of is jointly with Tony Gonzalez, he caused everyone to look for the basket, the power forward playing tight end, and, and Gonzalez was a pretty good role-playing power forward on some Cal teams, but Antonio Gates was a star basketball player, averaging 20 points a game and dragging Kent State no, I didn't know I he think, played to basketball. the Final Four. I think he did. I think Wes Never reminded me of that. He uh, he was much better than Jason Witten at their respective peaks. I mean, there's no question. I don't care about like all-around game. Antonio Gates was better than Tony Gonzalez at, at their respective Let's peaks. Let's calm down. I'm not saying necessarily 
he had a better career. But when he was at his 04 to it was about 04 to 06 apex, he was as good a Unreal. tight end as there's ever been. And he was first team all pro all three of those years while those other two guys were in the middle of their prime. So I, I don't think that's it's a strong take. He's one of the great like receivers at any position of the odds. And even though he didn't play in 2019, I feel like I never actually thought this day would come. I never <laughs> he always, thought that he would he really retire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was waiting for that phone to uh, ring, I would imagine, this year as well. Rivers, Philip Rivers and Gates combined for 89 touchdowns, the most in NFL history by a tight end quarterback tandem. There's always a what if around uh, those Chargers teams because, like we're saying, Gates was an unbelievable difference maker, stretch the field, kill you in the red zone type tight end. And you had LaDainian Tomlinson, who is arguably the best running back of the last 25 years at his peak, and a young Phil Rivers. And they had some of those huge regular seasons. They never were able to put it all together. And then um, with Gates, his feet started barking at him, and he had those issues. And, uh, you know, Tomlinson got old. But, yeah, an incredible career. I think he's first ballot to me. I mean, when I think of the best tight ends that I've watched since watching football, Gates will always be one of the guys that pops my mind first, mm-hmm. right? Some big. Uh, sure. I saw some big playoff performances and losses against the Jets. Antonio Gates, which you know speaks. There was a lot of Chargers playoff losses where Antonio Gates went eight for eighty with a touchdown, and it was all for not. Uh, Connie, news for you: Ooh. the Eagles will be featured on the new season of All or Nothing, the Amazon NFL Films joint. It's kind of like uh, Hard Knocks if you blew it up over an entire season. And, Greg, this is one thing we, you and I have talked about. I feel like we talk about it every year. Uh, we're always trying to figure out when these things should be rolled out. One year they rolled it out, like, as training camp was beginning. It was like, what are you doing? One year they rolled it out the week of the NFL draft, and it's like, no, 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 no. you got to put it, put it somewhere where it A can actually. Period. Yeah, how about the week after the Super Bowl, that's, which is where it rolls out this year. I'll be watching it. Mm. And it's a good. I think it's a good season, a good team. It's all luck with all or nothing because they're, they're embedded with these teams before the season begins, and you just hope it's an interesting one. And with all the injuries and their rise in December and then, of course, the playoffs and seeing how it went down potentially with Carson Wentz and the head injury, although, I mean, I would imagine they might be careful about that. Um, I'll be watching. I know you will, Connie. Yeah, there's there's so many storylines for them. It's just a matter of, it's almost like Hard Knocks, too. It's just a matter of what we will end up seeing and what ends up ultimately just kind of being left in the in the edit bay because there are so many different things. Think about the Orlando Scandrick drama that happened earlier Ooh, in the season with Malcolm, Jenkin, Malcolm Jenkins and like the whole locker room splitting apart and that whole thing. And then, yeah, you have all of these practice squad guys stepping up and Josh McCown. I'm sure he's going to have obviously a huge part of it with the playoffs. I mean, you have these guys that stepped up and pushed them ultimately into the playoffs. So it's just these teams, they don't volunteer for it. They get picked by the league. And so it's I just... I think they have to agree, don't they, for this the, one The Eagles president, oh, Don really? Smolensky, was talking about how it's like the schedule. It is what it is. You just deal with it. You make the best of it. And then... Mm. He the last time he was talking about it, he was like, "It's just like us being on the road for three straight weeks in October." So that's what he mm. equated it to. So I'm mm. interested to see how much we actually get to see. Right, like the Cowboys year, because Jerry Jones just he don't care. He he's gonna he's gonna let all the info get out there. At least a lot of it, uh, I think, was their best all or nothing season because he didn't seem to be too worried about making himself uh, look great. Right, some good inside info. Um. In other news, I just want to hit on this quickly. I don't care so much that Chad Johnson um, is looking to catch on with an XFL team as a kicker. 
I just want to go on record while I can on this podcast that I cannot believe this XFL thing is happening. It is. I mean, Vince McMahon already tried this once about 20 years ago, and it was a colossal failure other than the uh, camera above the the field. That was a cool little development, uh, which was taken by the NFL. Then we, since then, the Arena Football League folded. Okay. Last year, with NFL support, the Alliance of American Football, AAF, folded after eight games. And that's when they were presenting themselves as a feeder system to the NFL. And the NFL even, they were like, all right, we'll air some of your games. I don't think they paid the AAF AAF for it, but they said, we'll air uh, some of your games. Um, And that we had like post game show coverage, I believe. And then the NFL signed a bunch of those players, too. And it's like the meteor, it's coming right at you, Vince, XFL. There's no way this is going to work. Does anybody think this is going to work? <laughs> you no. can't keep him down. I'm going to eat West's <laughs> softball pants if this league's around in three years. I can't wait to the combine when you grill uh, Evan Silva and the Rotor World guys about how breathlessly they're going to cover the XFL this year. I would never do that. Evan, Evan's too <laughs> smart to cover the XFL. I can tell you that. Um, it was a combine. tense moment when you brought up the AAF at, at uh, St. Elmo's, the Silva. He didn't I made like an AAF question. joke because Roto World yeah. was covering uh, the AAF, and I, I made a joke. And he For gave the three me a weeks they existed, Roto World was oh. all over it. Oh, well, no. I, I get why. I don't get why you, the XFL in, is leaning so hard into you know we're we're renegades. Like we've got Connor Cook. First of all, don't you don't lead with Connor Cook. They they had a national ad. And it like mentioned the pl- some started of the players, the playoff and it game started game. with Connor Cook. I was at that playoff game. It was a rough one. Um, <laughs> I think a minor league professional football can work and would be super helpful and almost necessary for the idea of professional uh, football. Totally agree. In the United States, in North America, wherever. I don't think this is it, but I w- I do want it. So I do want them to keep trying it. Who is the first? Like you need a minor. I'm league. excited to see it. To just see how it goes. It doesn't make any sense that it, to either you're going to make $2 million over a four-year contract or basically you make nothing, and that's like professional football. There's like There should be some sort of in-between where like people are working on their football skills and making, you know, whatever, a living wage. I, I could not agree more. The NFL has long needed a developmental league. That doesn't mean I have to pay attention no, no, to I'm it not once into the, the Super Bowl X, ends. The XFL, I'm not into that. Between February and July, I'm not watching football games. I'm sorry. Players th- slip through the cracks. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. A lot of players probably slip through the cracks and would have great NFL careers if, if there was like a minor league. One thing working. You tell me people don't get better when they're 25, 26 years old? Right. Happens in every other sport. If you're practicing every day, you're going to get better at anything. I feel like there will be plenty of moments that we can watch that will be entertaining, even if they are unintentionally so. <laughs> what One thing that the NFL uh, has improved upon in the last 10 years is extending the NFL season and what people look forward to, what people watch. And that works against these type of leagues because now, because of the popularity of the Combine and the draft and free agency, really things don't... And then even... Uh, voluntary camps, which people are way plugged into, uh, mini camps before things go dark in June. Uh, that doesn't leave a big window. People are still focused on the NFL throughout the spring, and that's when these leagues just, I mean, it seems logical that it's not going to work. I agree. <laughs> I mean, Vince has a plenty of money. I'm saying he'll be, he'll be able to survive this, but fool you once, right? What is that? Fool me once. Shame we've, on you. We've seen this episode twice. before. 
Can't get fooled again. <laughs> Ow! All right. Uh, finally, Kevin Stefanski was introduced as the latest head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he did the press conference. I watched some of it. There was nothing really that jumped out uh, in the press conference as, as newsworthy. It was no Joe Judge um, <laughs> uh, unveiling uh, for the Giants. Uh, but afterward, Andrew Siciliano of NFL Network got a one-on-one uh, with Stefanski who was asked by Siciliano his thoughts on a Mark Sessler tweet in which so uh, posted by Mark on Monday uh, pointing out his feeling that Stefanski is a dead ringer for Hollywood star George Clooney. And here was the coach's response. Our Mark Sessler, Kevin, I'm sorry, who is a Browns fan, much like I was as a kid as well, put up on Twitter yesterday, a bearded George Clooney say that you bear a resemblance. Has anyone ever called you Clooney? Uh, not until just this moment, Andrew. How do you feel about that? I got enough on my plate right now to worry about uh, trying to get these Browns back to where we want to be. I'm not going to compare myself to any uh, actors, John David or Peter John, I think. I need to be. I need to get a list of guys and then make sure that we're okay with that. But right. if it's George Clooney, that, that's what you guys say. God bless you. Okay, it was Mark Sessler. I'm going to pin it on him. He. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> Ciciliano. I missed that one in the first go round. Backtracking. Yeah, me too. Well, Aww. not so much backtracking as just like taking out a big shovel of dirt and pouring it. <laughs> yeah. on and poor Sessler's not even here right now. So both times, uh, not not well, on the broadcast. There, not here. Well, the thing I. <laughs> I noticed immediately, and this this had nothing to do with Andrew, um, was it's probably a bad sign during an interview when the head coach <laughs> name checks his PR director and looks at looks off the camera, then looks over to the PR director whose name is Peter John. That was what he just <laughs> said there, oh. and that to me was a, a, a live television. Like, let's end this thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh no! Threw him under the bus. But That's you know it. I don't think it was because of the question necessarily. It was just a. It was a really long interview, and that oh, was the man. end Listen, of it. Listen, Sessler's not wrong. Okay, I'm with Sessler All on right. this because he does bear a, a slight resemblance, resemblance a to resemblance. him, and that's not like a. It's a nice thing. So maybe you should take it as a compliment, Stefanski. Well, I was going to say oh, he was, he and was. I will come to Mark's defense on this as well, since Mark isn't here. Uh, <laughs> Hey, Kev. Well, this also is a shot at Mark. It gets confusing because he's the head coach of the Browns. Hey, Kev, lighten up a little bit. You just got hired as a head coach. This is the live stream. Yeah, you haven't You've lost achieved. yet. You, your press conference was like 45 minutes ago. You're on NFL Network talking about the future. And, and, so, and you get asked a playful question. Have some fun with it. Just yeah. have a little fun. A little bit. That was an opening Listen, right there. You Take know what it. you need to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns? A sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh oh! Does this mean it's not? Gonna, this is not I mean, going to bode well for them. I feel like Freddie a, a bad omen. I feel like Freddie Kitchens probably had the best sense of humor of any Browns coach in a while. Well, you don't, don't need. It's not only a sense of humor. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> you need a lot of things, but you have to be able to laugh at life. Is what I'm saying. Anyway, that's what's happening in the news, uh, Wes. That was I, something. I have a that was wild, but it is. You know, that's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. It, it really is. It does show, uh, you know, how far we've got come, at least in the eyes of Andrew Siciliano. Finally, he respects us. He knows our names. That's good. Uh, Wes, we have a read to do uh, connected to an event for the podcast coming up in a, a week or so. So I want you to read that, please. Well, you're just going to throw it on. Huh? Well, I handed it to him. But... Hey, y'all. <laughs> What's the difference between Tybee Island and our Miami improv show? What the hell? Everything. I didn't write this, by the way. 
but we will be in Miami talking Titans 49ers in the Super Bowl. Oops, did I just predict the future? Golly! Whoever your team is, come hang out with us in Miami. Tickets are going faster than when I used to deliver Christmas cards on my mail route, and little kids were outside waiting for cash from Grandma. Anywho, buy tickets now. Yeehaw! Who wrote this? Who wrote that? I'm guessing that was a Ricky Hollywood production. I didn't write that. That was Dan. That was Dan. I didn't write that. This was not me. Trust me. Wow, that was cool. Miami Improv Show, guys. Tickets. What day is that? Thursday. Thursday. Are you going to come? Yeah, I want to come. Okay, cool. Well, you, you heard go. it here first. Colleen Wolf. All right. I'm checking my schedule. We'll be signing autographs there. and taking <laughs> selfies. <laughs> it's what? On our, our twi- the Around the NFL Twitter account, it is It is at the top. All right, is ja- it? January 30th. It's pinned. It's pinned on the Twitter account oh, for good. sure. Yeah. Right. Around the January NFL. 30th, Thursday. See us live. We're going to have a lot of fun. All right, let's get into it. It is time to take out our crystal balls. The crystal ball comes out. Are we, are, do we all have our own? Or do we are we passing around a ball, or I do think, we each have our own? I crystal think there should be one special crystal ball, one ball, right? And you look into it. This feels like snow globe music. Just feels like somebody could cheat if ball. they bring their own crystal ball in here. Yeah, you, it needs, it to, needs be to be a sanctioned, ball, approved, yeah. official. This is like the Edward Scissorhands snow falling. Music. I feel like we're in like a forest of some yeah. sort. There's like fairies. There's flying fairies, around. definitely fairies. All right. Now, we go through each of the eight teams. It's like, shut up, guys. <laughs> Predicting what is next, what will happen. I was, just, uh, I was just talking about it. The league year extends well beyond the Super Bowl uh, with combine, free agency, draft. What are we going to be talking about, the, about these teams that have been ousted from the playoffs mm. so far? There's eight of them. Connie, get us going. Pick a team. Okay. I'm going to start with the Ravens here. So... After Mark Ingram and Mark with a C return from another international getaway together, I think I see, is that Marquise Brown rolling up with his cousin Antonio to the Ravens facility? Mm. No, it's not. It's not. I didn't wear my glasses today. (laughs) I got to go to the eye doctor. It's one of my New Year's resolutions. (laughs) But they do need another wide receiver. That was obvious in the playoffs. There was a lot of drops. Mm. They couldn't get separation. That's going to be a situation. And I I do see a big push to address the pass rush in the offseason as well because after losing their top two guys last year, they did a good job manufacturing pressure. They blitzed more than any other team out there. But their top guy, Matthew Judon, he's about to hit free agency. Mm. So they need, if he does, they need at least two more guys if they don't resign him. So mm. they need a wide receiver and a pass rusher. That's what I see. They're in, in the a cards. nice. They're in a nice situation. They are. It's really not that bad for them. Yeah. I didn't even know they were cousins. Really? Really? Hollywood. I uh, think they're in an amazing <laughs> position. That's I know. Come back I know. To me too. It's Great. terrible. Uh, it's terrible. The loss they had. It's terrible. Brutal loss, but you know. who knows? You might have lost. They might have lost to the Chiefs, anyways. Think that was that was that was a po- very strong possibility. Possible. But either way, it's painful. But they turned over their entire defense last year. They changed their entire offensive system last year. They were in all sorts of cap problems last year. This next year, they've got all the cap room they should need. They've got a bunch of draft picks, com- compensatory picks coming back, and. Yeah, you need some pass rush and maybe some interior linemen, but they're in about as good a situation with Lamar on a rookie contract and a lot of their offense on rookie contracts. Mark Andrews, both tackles. Like, they are in a nice spot to push 
to be aggressive, get a veteran wide receiver, I think would be something that they would do too. Do you think there's any chance the Bengals would let A.J. Green hit the market? Oh, Yeah. The the Bengals seem like an operation to me that would place the franchise tag on A.J. Green. It seems like he might be more likely now, especially with this Joe Burrow kid um, coming off another incredible performance, and he seems to be the number one pick going to Cincinnati, that they might treat Green more like a Larry Fitzgerald guy, that have him in the building play out the rest of whatever's left of his prime and have him, you know, somebody the kid can count on. There's a lot of common DNA between the Arizona Cardinals organization and Bengals as far as the way they run things and the way that Hmm. you're saying the Ravens might go for him potentially. I think that that would make sense to me that they need a bigger receiver. Final piece to the offense. I, I like that. It's been their MO. They've never drafted receivers. Well, looks like they drafted a good one in Marquise Brown. Uh, DaCosta did, but they've always signed free agent receivers well. Derek Mason and Steve Smith and Anquan Bolden do it. Also, what's more likely playing our old famous game uh, that Lamar Jackson is a 1,000 yard rusher every year and this is just who he is and I'm not doubting him at this stage. He's an amazing player or that this is one of those insanely special years and in reality you're going to need probably more from your passing game because you're not going to run for 2,000 yards every year unless it's just the beginning of a new era. It does feel like maybe the tight ends are great and and Brown was a major hit uh, in the draft but God, that AJ Green, that's a nice fit there. Yeah, they just need somebody like a good route runner, like a veteran presence just to have these young guys hmm. sort of develop. But also, by the way, Let me in get the Robbie ball, Anderson in there, change the game. That's true. Fit too. The Crystal Ball is also <laughs> showing me a lot of really <laughs> angry Titans fans. Really? Titans fans oh. are. Um, They're giving you a hard time. A uh-huh. very angry bunch, um, Why? as it turns out. Why? I, listen, I pick against teams every week. And I think it was the way you put it. Was it on Good Morning Football? <laughs> it was. What was it? And for, let me just say this. I almost picked the Titans. I, I was like so close on the fence. Sliding doors. But once but you're then, on camera, you got it. It's showtime. It's and showtime. And was like, yeah. all right. So I thanked uh, the Titans for their service in dispatching your team, Greg, the Patriots. Um, I said, America, thanks you for your service. And then the guys started clapping. And so uh, I was like, oh, just continue this bit. Yes. So I said, your service is no longer needed. And enjoy the off season. And it's. Titans um, fans didn't like that. No, I I mean, listen, I say Miami. disrespectful things every week yeah. on various shows. And I usually don't get an angry army of people that are now like mm. threatening me. There's That's a lot no of good. like Come on, I, Titans fans. I got uh, I got somebody telling me that I set women back in broadcasting 20 years and I was like, ah, damn, I didn't even know I had that much power. That's that's Damn. crazy. Uh, a lot of low IQ type things. Mm. So listen, I graduated magna cum laude, almost summa cum laude. Oh, 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 oh. Drop the headset. But, listen, I just didn't think the Titans fans were going to be this sensitive. Yeah. And if anything, you're welcome for some bulletin board material. It yeah. does. You know, you don't deserve that. And clean it up, Titans fans. I know it's not all of you. I also took heat from a well-known <laughs> columnist down there, Paul Kaharski. Who got all cranky because oh, I've uh, read a lot of his pieces. Yeah, a reporter yeah. from the Tennessee and uh, interviewed me about the whole Titans thing, and there, and Kaharski was not about it. He he saw it as a sign of the decline of journalism, 
And uh, there's some. We, uh, come on, clean we it up. are never allowed to analyze the Titans again on this podcast because we've never been in their locker room. Got to be in the locker room. Got to be Carson in the locker said. room. Else you don't know anything about. Football. I don't need these national media types with their shiny cars coming down to my place. I what is like, like, no. the Titans are really fun this year. They're a, they're they're really a great team. We've to been cover. into it. We've been into them. I don't think it was too crazy to pick against the greatest regular season team uh, of the last decade. The ball, you know. To pick the right. Baltimore Ravens, and I'll please re- let me remind other Titans fans again, <laughs> uh, and I feel like I have to do this on a weekly basis. Every time your team wins a playoff game, and in my mentions is is are they still the Titans? No, and they they haven't been the Titans <laughs> since you got rid of the bum quarterback that you thought was a superstar for five years. You you know I I'm not listen. I suggested it, that they they bench Mariota on Thursday Night Football, and I got crushed by everybody at the I, desk. I, I've actually it's funny. I've actually thought you haven't deserved enough gotten enough credit for the Titans turnaround this season. <laughs> right. Started so, with you. So you're welcome, everybody out there, and tighten up. So you Titans fans, you came to where I was. I didn't have to come to you. You're on my corner. Fans it up. Fans in general, who cares if somebody picks against your team? It's just yeah. a game pick. You know One what? team's got to win. This, this is cares? incredible. This is an incredible run by a really fun team. And I think we all enjoy watching the Titans. And I would love Ryan Tannehill to play a Super Bowl in Miami in front of like the Dolphins fans, right? In the Dolphins' Ooh. backyard. That is something that I've been talking about <laughs> all season long. Miami. I would love it. <laughs> all right. Up next uh, is Chris Wesley. I'm looking into my crystal ball for the Vikings, and to borrow a Dan Hansis phrase, it's a tough sitch here for tough the sitch. tough sitch for the Vikings. Salvation. Tough situation when you—they remind me so much of the Alex Smith cheese. You're just good enough to get beat early in the playoffs mm. all the time because you're not good enough to go far in the playoffs, and your formula your formula isn't working. You've got a team that is most of the team has been there together with Mike Zimmer for like six years now. And it's not good enough. So what do you do when you've got 30-year-olds on defense, Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph, Xavier Rhodes, all have salary cap figures, $12 million or more, 30-year-olds on offense like Riley Reed, Kyle Rudolph, Kirk Cousins making big money. You're not getting any younger. What do you do with this roster? And I think there's going to be some t- tough cuts this year. Mike Zimmer said, you know, when I look at the, the roster, at the end of the day, it ends up being a young man's game. Mm. I could see Xavier Rhodes being gone. He's but. definitely gone. He was, that was a rough big year off season of change for the Vikings. I think I don't know if they'll blow it up and start over, but I think they're going to have to make some tough cuts. They need if you're going to go with this formula where it's play action passing based on the run, and as soon as you can't run the ball, your entire offense collapses because your quarterback checks down instead of letting his receivers go for a contested catch ever. That formula, it proved this year, does not work because every time they faced a good defense, got shut down. They only beat bad bad defenses. Mm. They're they're uh, higher over the salary cap than any team in the NFL. They got some Rhodes, tough cuts gone, to make. Linville Joseph, maybe Rudolph. Uh, the bigger issue is their best player in the secondary, Anthony Harris, is a free agent. Uh, Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander, who also play in their secondary, are free agents. So it's like they got a lot of spots to just. Phil, and that's kind of what Zimmer does is is the defensive backfield, and it's going to be a big turnover, I think. I wonder, too, like if that weirdness between Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs ever really went away. That, mm. that was that was a storyline at one point during Diggs the year. Diggs was frustrated. I could see Diggs getting points. traded. And he I feels very tradable if they wanted to 
Cut to the Baltimore Sorry. Ravens. Whoa. And he would we make figured it, it out. <laughs> it could get a lot for Stephon Diggs in his prime. But I, I remember that Thursday night game we did in the Vikings one, and we had Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs on the set, and it was like a couple weeks after that whole controversy. And there was still like residual weirdness. Mm. I, I felt. remember that. I wa- I watched that. Yeah, and it was they like should have been. They were uh, very kind of icy. They were each they other. were very. They mm. should have been very happy after a big win, and they were just like, yeah, we've moved on past that, and it was just weird. Yeah, you get rid of Diggs instead of Cousins. Um, I wouldn't get rid of either. It just seems totally counterproductive to get rid of either of your best players, and. Uh, I'd have no interest in getting rid of Diggs. But the way Zimmer's talked about Diggs over the last three or four years, there's been a lot of dramas. It just wouldn't shock me if that's something they looked into. Can I see that crystal ball second, Wes? Because I see something else in the Vikings' future. Yes, there it is. Kirk Cousins very quietly entering a contract year. Oh, yeah. Three-year fully guaranteed contract signed before the 2018 season. He will make, damn, almost $30 million this year, which is, according to... OverTheCap.com, fifteen and a half percent of their entire cap right now, and they will have to decide what to do. And is that a storyline? And they want a lame duck quarterback uh, in twenty twenty in the summer. I think it will be once the free agency dies down. Then it's like, so are you going to extend Kirk or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I mean, if you said two two years ago when he signed, hey, after his first two seasons, he's going to have a passer rating of about one hundred five. You would be blown away if there was an idea that maybe he's part of the problem there. Mm. But he, he has been part of the problem. All right. Uh, let's move on to another team eliminated. I will go with the Seattle Seahawks. All right. Let me look into this ball. Oh, I'm sitting. oh it's cloudy. Oh, some beautiful light shimmering. Oh, there it is. The Legion of Boom. Remember that? Yeah. Now this is the Legion of Bust. What? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even run. Workshop? No, that? boom bust. Boom bust. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, no, I want to talk about the defense. All right, it was nice. It was it was a nice little season on Seahawks Corner. I enjoyed it, uh, but this was a, this is a limited team this year, uh, and a lot of that problem was the defense. And looking ahead, that's what this offseason is going to be about. I think they like what they have, obviously. Um, at quarterback, they like running back when healthy. They have pieces I think they're into. Uh, wide receiver, they found something in Metcalf. Lockett's a nice guy. Uh, they even, uh, you know, even a tight end, Will Disley, before he got hurt, was a revelation. I think their line is not something that's there's going to be a major overhaul on the offensive end. But in defense, they, they have a lot to do. Pete Carroll hinted in his end of season press conference that they could be looking to make a scheme shift. Uh, but personnel-wise, they got to get better, and they have to get better in the secondary. Speaking of the Legion of Bust, Trey Flowers just got—it was like a Double horror down show. In the Legion of Bust. Yeah, it was a horror show. Uh, Where'd the music go? It's like intermission at the Nutcracker. <laughs> the terrorized by Devonte Adams. Uh, not all his fault, but uh, and then they they struggled to get to the quarterback, which leads us to Jadavian Clowney. Speaking of big decisions to make, he is a free agent. He's out there saying, "I want to play for a contender. I like it here in Seattle." Pete Carroll wants him back, but are you going to pay him superstar money um, to be uh, the anchor of of that front front seven with Bobby Wagner? Big decision for Johnny Schneider. Mm. I I've I've enjoyed this continuing um, Seahawks Twitter and. Seahawks fan trend of what is Pete Carroll really doing for us? Not like I'm enjoying their um, 
Are they okay boomering him? Misery or wow. anything? It's more that I just think it's an interesting question. As, you know, they're, which they are asking, are they, is he holding Russell Wilson back while not really Go bringing off. much to the table on defense? Which for the last three years, I think you could argue that. I mean, if Mark three was here, is, he would point out that— It's not an insignificant stretch in the NFL. If Mark were here, he would point out again that you yeah. never miss an opportunity to come after Pete I Carroll. I like Pete but- Carroll. You say that, but you don't. I liked him when he was coaching. You're skeptical about everything about him. I loved him all throughout. I couldn't have been more impressed like when he took over the Seahawks. He coached the greatest defense of the last 40 years, I would say. But now that it's not there anymore. How would he be holding I don't like, I don't like Russell Wilson back, though? By running too much on first and second down, by having Brian Schottenheimer be his. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Wouldn't you like to see Russell Wilson in one of these open, wide-open offenses? I'd like think, to see him have more time. I think Russell Wilson's going to get double-digit wins with no matter what coach you put in Seattle. But I still, That's sort of my point. Go but off. I still feel like he, Pete Carroll's valuable for the infrastructure he has in place there. I think they're it's lucky fair. to have Pete Carroll there. But I, I, I understand why you – it's been a while now since they've really seriously contended for the Super Bowl that maybe it's time to freshen things up uh, behind the scenes. But to me, the, the Schottenheimer jumps out more right. you than You wouldn't Carroll really get rid of – you would never get rid of Carroll. But their defense, which you mentioned, it has its issues. Clowney, Jerron Reed's a free agent. Ziggy Ansah, who didn't do anything. If, Quentin Jefferson, who is maybe their best pass rusher. This year is also a free agent. I mean, they... If Chris Carson and Rashad Penny stayed healthy, I don't think we'd even be having this conversation. Right. All right, Greg, you're up. All right. I'm looking into the future, and I'm looking into Buffalo. The Great Northeast. That's what they call it. What is it? The Empire State. Western New York, they call it. Waiting for the music there. Yeah, Western New York. Uh, And I see in a crystal ball... (laughs) (laughs) It's a joke. That's Nova Scotia. It's a joke. You know it's a joke, Legion of Bust. That's a joke. (laughs) That's a good joke. (laughs) I see a lot of people picking the Buffalo Bills to go very far in the 2020 season Mm. after Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have some fun this offseason. They push their chips into the table. They've built up this roster pretty nicely. They've got all sorts of cap room and not a lot of huge pressing needs unless you ignore that quarterback. Uh, And you can get a wide receiver. You can get an interior lineman. You can uh, get some players for your front seven, which I think you definitely need. And I think they showed it last season. They're not going to be afraid. They know this is all on a limited timeline, and I think they are going to be among the most aggressive teams in free agency. You know what spooks me? Your line, unless you ignore that quarterback. quarterback. Well, I'm not into it. I'm not into the Josh Allen. You've been on record on that. You've ex- been strong experience on that. Experience in Bills Mafia. I could, you know, there. I could see that in the crystal ball. A lot of Bills Mafia just. You're coming after anyone that come, you know, criticizes Josh Allen or questions him. But I think I think they're in a great spot in terms of just like getting that offseason buzz. I'm I'm still I think I said it after the season ended. Bill's Mafia doesn't want to hear this either, but this is Mitch Trubisky all over again. The team that had the rookie that flashed uh, quarterback that flashed second year. The team made the jump and made the playoffs. And now third year. There's going to be higher expectations. Does Josh Allen have what it takes? And and I, I guess one of the things I would look to do if I were the Bills is if this is really our big year to see if we're totally in on Allen, let's give him the best possible uh, weapons around him uh, to make it happen. I would like to see them be active. Whether This is supposed to be a great wide receiver draft. Uh, maybe they bring in another guy with John Brown. I don't know. Dude, there's a lot of... You know, decent names on the free agent market. They have more cap space than they're going to be able to spend. They have $90 million in cap space. 
and they do, and they have a lot of players coming back. They don't they don't have a lot of like big issues to solve. So whether it's you know a Yannick Ngakwe or a Leonard Williams, like up Bud Dupree up front, they certainly could use a pass rusher. Whether it's Emmanuel Sanders or Robbie Anderson, you know whatever it is, like I could just see the Bills going in hard. The playoffs are just they're, way more they're fun. They're committed to Josh Allen, yeah. And so they're going to try to, they, and they know he has limitations. So they're going to try to make the team around him as amazing as it could be and they've kind of set themselves up in a nice steady way it's a better postseason with the bills in it Mm. it's way more exciting it's way more fun and who knows what's going on in the afc east now so yeah Mm. this is their time if they're gonna do something then uh step up now we'll see if that philosophy works though the idea of build up around uh, the quarterback to try to hide his limitations does that ultimately work in our league. Oh, I mean, <laughs> have we just reached the point where we're ever going to let quarterbacks develop? We're right. never no, going to let can, quarterbacks develop? He can develop. keep developing. You're, he, you're a bust. No, you're I'm, done. Not, <laughs> I'm not saying he's a bust. To me, it's he's going to be – he's somewhere closer to the to the Dalton scale, but just getting there in, in a strange way. And I, I worry that that's his uh, kind of, you know – Destiny, but they had a great free agency last year. I mean, they get signed John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Mitch Morris, who all ended up being, you know, A minus type signings for them. And I just think they'll continue it. We've I- seen flashes too of of him and the Bills play really well. Obviously, this entire season that that game on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, the first half against the Texans. My was God, unreal. yeah. And then all of a sudden, like when they hit the two minute warning in that playoff game against the Texans, it was just like Josh Allen was like on a bender. I felt like he was just <laughs> out of control. I see where you're coming, Dan, with the Trubisky comparison. And this team feasted on an easy schedule. They lost when they played against good teams for the most part. I could see them being a much, much better team next year and having a similar record or even a worse record just because of the schedule and the way randomness works in the NFL. All right, let's go one one more time around the horn. Uh, The Eagles, Connie Fox. Okay. So Dan wanted me to do like a real look ahead to the offseason. Um, so be like serious here. So based on everything I know about the Eagles in Philadelphia, this is the most real thing I could think of. Okay. Nelson Aguilar's drops will inspire more heroes to catch more babies from more burning buildings <laughs> across the city of Philadelphia, yes. thereby saving more lives and prompting Mayor Jim Kenney to recognize Nelson Aguilar with a key to the city for his organic, grassroots, humanitarian effort. <laughs> How does he then not already the have one? Then let him walk in free agency. Mm. How do yeah. you not already have the key to this, the city and catch a baby in a yeah. big spot? In a big spot. Right. Well, well he, 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 he helped the guy, the, the unlike Aguilar guy, catch uh, the baby. I thought Aguilar caught the baby. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> no. So he it either. was all about the guy caught the baby from the burning building. Unlike Aguilar. And then, yeah, he caught it unlike Aguilar because Aguilar was <laughs> <laughs> dropping oh, the Oh, then he, then he made the comment about Aguilar. He threw yes. major shade. Yes. You know, it's been a long season, and this, some of these stories, <laughs> they just kind of melt into. Right. But th- that is to say that this team desperately needs an infusion of young talent. There were just so many injuries this year. There were so many times that they looked so sluggish. I almost thought that Josh McCown was going to get out there and start catching passes at one point. They had so many guys from the practice squad out there. They had tight ends running wide receiver routes. All Sean Jeffrey. I mean, he might miss the beginning of the season with that Liz Frank injury. How much can you actually rely on Deshaun Jackson at this point? I mean, I guess the silver lining of this entire season is that you found guys like like Greg Ward to play in the slot and and Boston Scott, who can give you what he gave you this year. But they still need to see what they have in in J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who Mm. was taken 
like before DK Metcalf, really? So this is this is a team that really needs speed and youth at the wide receiver position and across the board. I feel like it would be a mistake if they took the tact uh, or took the viewpoint of let's just get healthy and things will be better because I don't know if the offense they, was good enough even when they had their guys. This no, year. They, they weren't good at that they, point. And they're, I think, thankfully for Eagles fans, the last team I think that would go that route. They, that are, they are thrilled that for the first time in a couple of years they're not – you know, dealing with kind of cap issues. They traded away all their picks for a few years. Now they've got their picks back again. Like they, Howie's ready to party. I think, I think he's going to go wild. I mean, he, he loved, they love trading. They love being active. They're getting rid of a lot of their older players. McLeod is a free agent. Jason, Jason Peters, Peters is a free agent. Aguilar, Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, Vinny Curry, Timmy Jernigan, Jordan Howard. It's a lot of guys. So you're going to have to fill in some, some gaps along with injured players coming back. But I think they're ready. They're excited to do that. Uh, Wes. I'm looking into the Saints crystal ball, and what I see is we're going to run it back. We know we were right there with the 49ers as the best team in the NFC all year, and especially in December. We didn't play well against the Vikings, but we're going to run it back. We're going to re-sign Breeze. We might even re-sign Bridgewater, too, and we're going to bring back restricted free agent Taysom Hill and use him more on offense to compensate for Drew Brees' limitations, which were apparent in the Vikings game. Uh, I think that they will probably use their draft picks to get a legitimate number two receiver or go free agency there, but they're, they're going to upgrade at number two receiver. I think Andrews Pete, their starting left guard, has been banged up and not very good lately. Free agent, he might be gone, and maybe they'll upgrade the interior there, which was a problem in the playoff game against the Vikings. But I think they bring the defense back. That makes sense to me. And I, how sick do you think they, the Saints Oof. were watching the Vikings get just taken apart by the Niners? I mean, I just think if they <laughs> – I don't want to take anything away from Minnesota because that was a nice job by them going on the road and winning that game. Uh, but it, it just made me think, you know, they, Minnesota seven first, get, first downs this past weekend. If, if the Saints got nine more cracks against the uh, Vikings, they would win – a large majority of those games, if you uh, out of ten games, I bet they win eight or nine. Did you see Cam Jordan's tweet? No. Afterwards, he uh, after the Vikings lost, he sent out this tweet, and it's just him, and he's barely in the frame, but he's got a huge Grinch-like smile on his face, and he's just <laughs> pointing to an open seat on the couch, like his hand is, like, "Come join me on the couch." It was the Saints, fantastic. The Saints going down, and this all, I agree. I kind of feel they're going to do the same thing, Wes, which is not go crazy here. Um, the Saints getting eliminated by the Vikings is uh, was a bigger shock to me than the Ravens getting knocked out by the really? Titans. Really? I just I still can't believe the Saints yep. went one and done in the wild card round. I can't yep. believe it. They were such a good team. You really think Teddy Bridgewater um, will resign there? That I saw one of the beat writers or somebody in New Orleans. That was his prediction that he's got. He loves the city. He's found a home there. He he loves the team. They like him as the backup. You never know when Breeze's arm is just going to reach the point where. And right now, it's a 30-yard arm. What happens if it's a 20-yard arm? I'm just going to give know. Teddy a starting job. Yeah. Yeah, you also don't know Yeah, what starting jobs could be out there for him, especially in a year where Rivers, Tannehill, Breeze, in theory, but Breeze it's is Chicago and Brady. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks available. Jameis, maybe, mm-hmm. that are ahead of Teddy probably in the line. All right, I will uh, take the ball from you, Wes, and good job handling it. Thank you. Very smooth. Oh! 
Knew that was coming. Uh, the Texans. Oh, yeah, this one. Ooh, it's very foggy in Houston. Hey, nice job, Astros, by the way. <laughs> clowns. <laughs> Cheating clowns. Cheating clowns. You are stained forever. <laughs> um, Bitter. All playoff losses are not created equal, and the one that the Texans suffered on, on, on Sunday was just grisly. I mean, 24 nothing, lose 51 to 31. And I think it, would, it, it was the type of earthquake that rattled the foundation maybe behind the scenes in Houston because Bill O'Brien is not a popular guy. People don't seem to like Bill O'Brien. I'm not just talking about in this podcast studio where we've had a lot of conversations about him, uh, but I wonder they've been very loyal and they've stayed with Bill O'Brien and with good reason because he's delivered results, at least in the regular season. Uh, but I wonder if this makes his seat a little hotter um, just the nature of that loss that wow look how far behind we actually are and and remember uh, this was a all-in year for the Texans who really um, try to make this a championship season in a very aggressive way and you look ahead to what they have here they have no first round pick in April as part of the Tunsil stills trade and they have no first or second round pick in 2021 so uh, building up this roster is not going to be something they can do as easily through the draft. So they're a bit of a tough spot, and this is this is the price, Greg, that you pay when you go all in and you don't go all the way. Right, with a team that never made sense as a Super Bowl contender, but also I don't I don't believe in all in. I don't I don't think that's like a thing. I I think. Teams are all in every year, or else they're doing it wrong. Right. And, and but they and, leverage their and you, draft assets. Right, you to can win. you can approach it in different ways. And some teams, you know, kind of really don't worry about the future as much. But they've got a they've got a, like a lot of teams. They've got more cap space than they can spend on. So if O'Brien is taking the tack that like I'm spending it on these trades and. Like they, they have said, what are they going to do with all this cap space? There's, every team has too much cap space, and there's only going to be so many free agents out there. They have to re-sign, what, uh, DJ Reader, but for the most part, they have most of their team back. I think their offense actually is young and good, and they'll be in the mix. They'll be another Bill O'Brien, like, 10 and 6. I'll throw one, yeah, one personnel, Will Fuller with the, all the leg injuries, and O'Brien even expressed um, real frustration and disappointment after the final groin injury. Uh, making a you know kind of saying like it's hard to really count on this guy because you yeah. just can't stay on the field. I'll throw. Well, we, they're a terrible defense. I mean, that's my takeaway is that they, everything about their defense almost needs to be improved upon. And he said Romeo Cornell's going to be back, or that's the plan. We'll see if that that happens. Sometimes these guys change their mind. Doug Peterson said Mike Rowe was going to be back and fired him <laughs> literally the next day. So terrible. Doesn't right. really matter. It's a hell of a pickle to be in where you can't trust Will Fuller. To be there, but when he's not there, you can't trust your offense to score. Like, how good is this points? offense really? If, right. if if Will Fuller disappears and they go in mm. the tank, May, I mean, well, we brought up Robbie Anderson again. He makes he makes sense there potentially. <laughs> everyone, as, everyone wants Robbie. It's going to be a lot of big pieces about him. Come on, you'd rather much rather Will Fuller than Robbie Anderson. Well, yeah, yeah but it's like this what happens when Fuller is not playing? Yeah. What happens when Robbie Anderson gets arrested and he can't have him in a playoff? <laughs> this is where you need I mean, your draft pick. To be fair to right. uh, that, what your question before Dan, I mean, they, they right. need some draft because. They need defense. I mean, they their front seven. You have a lot of money in Merciless, who they just gave more money to, and Watt, and that's fine. I don't think they're like a part of the problem, but they need more. All right, close this out, Greg. All right. 
I was going to do this whole thing where I didn't even talk about Tom Brady, but now that feels like a cop-out. <laughs> sure does. With the Patriots. <laughs> Can't avoid it, man. Well, because we're going to be talking about him every day, but I'm looking into my crystal ball, and I see a Patriots team that couldn't be any more different six months from now except for at quarterback. Hmm. I think Bill Belichick blows up this roster because it's a perfect time to do it. Devin McCourty, Joe Tooney, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Matthew Slater, all free agents, Patrick Chung, Steven Guskowski, maybe even Dante Outtower as cop as cap cuts. Um, and I don't know what the plan is after that because I'm not Bill Belichick. But I think this is just it's like a logic. It's like a logical. <laughs> it like uh, it <laughs> it's a logical time to make a big time turnover. Crescendo. <laughs> I knew once I asked that, that's what was going to Building up to Greg's dramatic conclusion. But ultimately, Tom Brady and the Patriots mean more to each other than he would mean to any other team. <laughs> Tom Brady, vice president with Joe Biden, leading the ticket. Now, I don't know. I don't think Tom's on that side of the uh, aisle. Oh, that Mm-mm. might be a problem. Yeah. Um, Based on his hat wear. <clears throat> um, yeah, I agree. I think Brady's back. And I, I think you nailed this one, Greg. I think that he's... Bill is I have no take confidence this. in this one at Bill, all. I don't think how I, I don't think anyone could. I don't think Tom Brady or Bill Belichick know at all right now. This is the start. It's I think wild. of a new. Like they're not going to bring back much of the like the same team and think it's going to work better. Didn't, wasn't it made very clear over the course of the second half of the season that they needed to improve uh, this roster? Sure, on yeah. offense. I mean, not on defense. This is the best defense Bill Belichick has coached since. Is that defense as good as? As it was kind of presented, obviously in the first half it was talked about. It was as good a, enough at all time defense. Is I mean, it, it was is it a great defense. It was better than than three defenses they won their Super Bowls with. So the defense, you know, was not. You named some pretty big guys on that defense that could go out the door. Mm-hmm. Yep, and Jamie I think Collins, because of Hightower. because of their age, maybe McCordy's back, but McCordy, Van Noy, Collins, like that's a Chung, maybe Hightower. They're not all going to be back. This is an old team. It just feels so weird to think about Tom Brady potentially wearing a different uniform. I can't imagine. I, I, but but this year has it's been such so a weird, complicated. crazy it's been year. Such so a, maybe it's been such a long, uh, you know, stretch to get to this point, and there's so many factors involved that it's it's really hard to figure out. Because I think Belichick would would be totally fine just moving on. I kind of just want to know because it's sort of already exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of I I were I think Belichick's probably ready to move on, and Tom Brady will kind of have to eat the poop, as you say, mm. uh, Dan, to to come back. Um, but I think he just might because what you know? Does he really want to go play somewhere? I want to know how much Tom Brady gets paid. Also, if, they, if it does, no matter where he goes, but if the it does he, you know, is he making less than Kirk Cousins makes in? Is he making thirty? I mean, he's probably making it up. In I mean, he has. I mean, to be fair, he's made less than Kirk Cousins has made for the last five years, right? And that included an MVP award. But he might be looking for a make good now. You know, it's yeah, it's a complicated issue. You're right. All right, good stuff, Connie. I mean, it's so good to have you back. It was. This is great, and this is day the five of not drinking. Very so, rich. Uh, I feel like a different person. You're not drinking. Day five. Day five. And also, you're cutting out major aspects of your diet as well. Yeah, you know, I uh, I went a little wild uh, during the holidays, <laughs> and I realized that it was time to really rein things back in. For like, I've never in my life restricted myself from anything. So you're going for it. So 
This is the first time mm. and I hate it. What do you miss the most? Beer, IPAs, a nice in a nice like cold frosted glass. That's hey, I'm nice. just a Philly girl. That's, Give me a that's brewski. That's all I want. That's all, and cookies. Your dry January started in mid January. Yeah, because I got my birthday. I got a lot of other stuff going on. I don't. Yeah, these these parameters don't need to be like written in ink anyway. Right. So I I did like two straight days and then not one. How long is the plan? Is it planned? You did two straight days. It hasn't been five consecutive days. All right. Yeah. It's like five out of six. You're doing what I'm doing. It's a moist January, not a dry January. Yeah, I don't really like that word, but moist. Yeah. You know. A moist January. Well, it's like there's a few days on the calendar that I'm making exceptions for, but the other days, like, I'm mostly dry. Okay. Yeah. Like, there was one day where I had a beer and chips and guacamole and a piece of bread, so that day was kind of ruined. But beyond that... I still don't understand dry January. Somebody's going to have to explain to me how it works. Because I've seen a lot of people do it on Tybee, and then they the other 11 months of the year, they just go back to being luscious. Football's the only good thing about January. Yeah, I'm only doing this because the Everything Super Bowl's in Miami. Everything else about this month, month is just... <laughs> Colleen's birthday. Colleen's birthday. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Connie. The Around the NFL broadcast returns. It's the finale of the trilogy, our NFL Network trilogy, uh, on Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, and then it re-airs early uh, Saturday. And uh, So make sure you check it out um, because we're having fun doing it. And, Connie, where can we see you? I'll be back tomorrow on Total Access, filling in for the Lindsay Rhodes. Yes. Wow. And then Good Morning Football Weekend on Saturday, and then I'll be in Kansas City on Sunday for game day morning. Look at you. Yeah. A superstar. Getting the miles in. Oh, yeah. Getting that guap, too. <laughs> Getting that working. <laughs> All right, let's go. Ricky, where are you going to be? Right here, cranking. Yeah. Keep pounding. Keep, Keep pounding, Danny baby. Danny is signing off Keep for pounding. Connie Fox, the mailman, the old boss. Rick Hollywood behind the glass. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.